welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Father, we thank you for the time that we're about to spend with you. We thank you, Father, that we are in your presence and you promise to be in our midst. Father, would you speak to us this morning? Would you calm our fears? Would you calm our anxieties, Lord? Whatever we may have come in here with carrying, Father, help us to put it aside and to focus solely on you. Thank you for the time that we've had so far. Father, you are good and everything you do is good. And we honour you this morning for everything that you will teach us. Help us to be receptive. Help us to receive your word, Lord, with gladness, with joy, and with purity in heart. We honour this time with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, a lot of us, and I pray all of us, are so desperate to get to know God more. We want to hear from God. We want God to speak to us. We want God to reveal things to us. We want God to reveal mysteries. We want God to to, to speak to our hearts. I want to hear his voice. I just want God to speak to me. And all those things are good and well. And they're great things to have and to hold and to pursue. But a lot of times we miss the very thing that will help us achieve and bring to fruition these desires that we have. And that is found in the Word of God itself. We need to be grounded in the Word of God. We do what we do because of what the Word of God teaches us. We're not winging it. We're not just going through the motions. But we need to know what the Word of God says. Can I say it? Especially in this time in our lives where we are hearing and seeing and being pushed into things that may not seem right. What is your authority? What is my authority? Who gets the last say in what I say yes or no to? It must be nothing else but the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and through him all things were created by him for him and through him and later on in that chapter the Bible tells us who this word is the word is Christ for the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us the word that you and I have on our shelves that may have been sitting there for a while is that very word that is able to change not only your circumstances, but your hearts, your heart's desires, your purpose, where you wanna go, what you wanna do, how am I gonna raise my children? 
All this is found in the Word of God. And I wanna present to you what the Word of God says about itself. Firstly, 2 Timothy chapter, two verses six, uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says this. All Scripture, not bits and pieces, all Scripture is God-breathed. It is inspired by God, given to us by God Himself. And it is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness so that the man, the woman, the child of God may be thoroughly equipped. You see that? In, you can go backwards. How can I be thoroughly equipped for this world? How can I be thoroughly equipped to do what God desires for me to do? By getting into the Word of God. Because it is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training. All those four things are what we need in life in order for us to pursue God and in His ways. The Word of God needs to come off your shelves and into your hands and get into the Word of God. How else are our lives going to be governed unless we get into the Word of God? It will be governed by what we hear on TV, It'll be governed by what we read other than the word of, it'll be governed by anything and everything else. We'll get into it a little bit more in detail a little bit later. Hebrews chapter four, brilliant, brilliant verses. Chapter four is verses 12 and 13. You ready for this? For the word of God is alive and active. What is it? Alive and and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of the Lord to whom we must give an account. The Word of God reveals things to our spirits. When we open the Word of God, it speaks to us. Why? Because it's not just words on a page. The Bible says it is alive and it is active. It is alive and it is active. A lot of people will will, will look at it and, and think, these are just words. But to those who are being healed, it is alive and active. Those that are called to repentance, it is alive and active. The Word of God is alive and active and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. You will read things in the Word of God that may not seem comfortable. And that's not because God wants you to be uncomfortable, but simply showing you where you are apart from Him. That we are deprived, that we are a sinful people, that we are people who rebelled against Him. That our sins, their wages for them is death. These are not good things to think about. But praise be to God, he didn't just leave it there. The word of God reveals that Jesus took up our infirmities. He carried our sorrows. The sins that separated us from him was laid on Jesus. Get into the word of God. 
The word of God needs to be so embedded in us, so embedded in us, that when I hear something, I'm able to say, that doesn't sit right with me. And not because I'm judging it, but because I'm bringing it under the authority of God's word. God's word needs to have total authority over my life. It has the final say, not a say, but it has the final say. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It reveals things to us. It opens us up. It brings healing to us. The word of God tells us, God tells us that he is a father to the fatherless, that he is a husband to the widow, that he will not leave us as orphans, that he is close to the brokenhearted. So these things, when I read them, I know that I will get in a situation when I need to rely totally on his word and word alone. Do I know the word of God? Have I allowed it to penetrate me? So much so that it comes out of me when I'm sharing it with others. I don't even need to think about it. My mannerisms, the way I'm dealing with situations, is because the word of God is bedded inside of me. I have spent time with him. You cannot help but be changed by the word of God when you sit purely in front of it and asking the Lord to reveal things to me. See, a lot of people just want to hear. You want to hear God speaking to you? Read your word. You want to hear God speaking to you in a loud voice? Read it out loud. (laughs) He will speak to you. God speaks to you. He's not hiding from you. He has revealed things perfectly in their time. God is good. God is good. Have you ever been in a situation where you think, where is God here? Where is God in this situation? A lot of times we we, we get into situations where things will be confusing. They will be difficult. But God promised that he'd be there. He will reveal things. Philippians 4 says that, that when we are anxious, not to be anxious, but to bring everything by prayer and petition, with supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He will bring... God, Love what Pastor Matt's been saying recently. He will bring peace. That will, it's just, how did you do this? But this is God's revealing things to you. We need to get into the Word of God. This is our authority. It brings healing, it brings strength. God's word separates truth from error. I'm able to discern according to the word of God what is right and what is wrong. This is our authority. The word brings direction, it brings purpose, it brings vision. It brings peace and comfort to the brokenhearted. Demons flee when the word of God is spoken in authority. It cannot stand, they cannot stand the truth. 
Because the word of God is alive and active. It is alive and active. Second Corinthians chapter five, uh, sorry, chapter 10 verse five says this. We demolish every argument. Have I lost my phone? He's not a pastor for nothing. <laughs> Praise God. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I want you to really pay attention to this. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. As I was studying this part, it just got captured by, by the amplified version and it says this. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Meaning that the Word of God has authority over anything and everything. Meaning every thought that we think, everything that we hear, that diagnosis, that, that newsletter that the child may come home with that says we're going to be teaching your children this and this and this at school. Just sign the dotted line. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. What has authority over me and my child? The word of God. We are governed not by the world. We are governed by the word of God. So I need to bring every thought captive and bring it under the obedience of Christ. If there is something that tries to elevate itself, the Bible says there is nothing higher than God. There is nothing higher than the Word of God. There is nothing higher than Christ. It needs to come under the obedience of Him. Every thought, every idea, everything that we read and hear needs to come under the authority of Christ. The authority of His Word. It has total authority over me and over you. Parents, me, you and I have total responsibility over our children. Total. And they are in your care maybe 99% of the time. We are responsible. We are stewards of our children. And today is a perfect example. Putting into practice what God tells us to. To bring up your children in the way that they should go. So that when they grow, they will not depart from the truth. Oh yeah, we all struggle. And our children are trying to find their way in this world. Absolutely. But there's only one truth. It's not what the world sets. It's what the word of God sets. That is our truth. This is the way that we should go because the word of God brings life. The word of God brings purpose. It gives us direction. It gives us vision like all the things that we've spoken about already. You have authority over your children. Use that to minister to them, to show them the way that they should go. Get into the good habits of getting into the word of God so that they too are familiar with the word of God. 
and not too familiar in regards to, oh, well, I've heard this sermon before. Yes, I've heard this, you know, this, this verse being preached before and I just zone out. You know, we cannot ever exhaust the love of God. Just speaking about it. If we speak about it week in, week out, we would never be able to exhaust learning from it. For who knows the heights and the depth and the width that the love of God has for us. So don't get yourself too familiar in regards to, I've heard that before, so I don't need to hear it again. But let it from the inside out be so embedded in you that I know nothing but the word of God so that when I hear something, I'm able to respond to it through the word of God. The reason I live my life is because God tells me how to live it. The reason I make these decisions for me, for my family, is because the word of God governs my life. If you do have your Bibles with you, I want to read the words of Christ. Now, it's a little bit, not a little bit, but it's, um, we're going to read from uh, John, John 14, verses 15 to 26. But these are the words of Christ, and I just want us to hear what he says. Chapter 14, verses 15 to 26. Jesus speaking, he says this, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father who will give you another advocate, another helper, who will never leave you. He is, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father and the Father in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, the Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Verse 23 says, Jesus replied to all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember my words are not my own, but I am telling you, this is from the Father who sent me. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper and he'll remind you of everything I have said and taught you. The Holy Spirit that lives and resides within us will not speak on his own, Jesus said. There is no confusion. There should be no confusion when we hear what the Holy Spirit says because it will not be contrary to what the word of God says. Again, I'll say that. 
when Holy Spirit speaks, it will not be contrary to what the word of God says. For Jesus says he will not speak of his own, but he will give you and remind you of everything I have said and done. Sometimes we elevate people above the word. Sometimes we elevate some preachers above the word. And sometimes we are just willingly open to anything and everything because they come in the name of Jesus. You and I need to be people who are going to discern what we hear. Because there are so many things that we hear said in the name of Jesus that is contrary to what Jesus said. But because we elevate them so high, they cannot make a mistake. This is, and you can name whoever your favorite preacher is. Our highest authority is God. We need to be like the Bereans. And let me just show you here in the book of Acts. This is great. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Now it speaks about Paul and Silas being blessed by the disciples, the other disciples. Said, go into Berea and preach the word there. And the Bible says the Bereans were were, were open to teachings and they were very welcoming. Paul, we all know who Paul is, used to be Saul, who was on his way to Damascus to shut the churches down, to put the Christians in prison. He had an encounter with Jesus, an incredible radical encounter. He completely changed. His mind changed, his heart changed. And we know who Paul is. So Paul was going into Berea to preach with Silas. And the Bible says the Bereans were very welcoming and they heard what he said. This is Paul. We're not even going to doubt a word he says. This guy met Jesus on the way to Damascus, right? But you know what the Bereans did? The Bible says day after day, they searched the scriptures to make sure that what Paul The Apostle Paul, how dare you? You, You're going to search, you know who I am. But they were of noble character. Yeah, Paul, welcome. Bring the word. But I'm not just going to listen without opening the word of God and making sure that what you are teaching me, what you are trying to infiltrate in me, what you are trying to tell me, I need to make sure that this is the word of God. Because Paul, yes, I honor you, I love you. But the word of God has a last say in my life. So let us not elevate anyone or anything. Because we are humans. We can make mistakes. Not just that. The, The Bible says that Satan is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's our enemy. You know, when Satan tempted Adam and Eve or, or, or Eve in the beginning, he didn't just discount God. He said, is it true that God, he mentioned the word God, is it true that God said this and this and this? But did you know that God actually meant this and this and this? He's come in the name of God, has he not? So you and I need to be noble. We need to be people of the word. Do you know, before, before 
the name Christians was given to the apostles in Antioch. They were known as people of the word. So even before we were labelled Christians, and that label was given to us by outsiders, but we were just known as people of the word. So we would open the word, get into the word, because we are governed by the word. Day after day, they searched the scriptures. Do we do this? Can I encourage you, implore you in Jesus' name to get into your word, to read it on a daily basis? Daily seems not enough. We are so bombarded with so many different ideas, wild, crazy ideas, things that seem... Things that seem to make sense. Seem, how am I going to judge it? How am I going to say yes to this or no to that? How am I going to discern between truth and untruth unless I bring it under the word of God? Psalm 119, I'm going to end off very, very soon. But just a couple of things, especially for the young, only because it uses this word here. Psalm 119, verses 9 to 16. Psalm 119, 9 to 16. If you have your, the Bible, just follow it here. How can a young person stay pure? The answer is here. By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your law as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Young people, we're all young. As long as we're on this side of eternity, we're pretty young. How can we keep ourselves pure? You know, this generation is the most difficult so far. They face trials, temptations, sensualities. They, they face all types of things. The word of God tells us, in order for me to keep myself pure, I need to get into the word of God. David says, I've hidden your word. Hidden doesn't mean, oh, I'm just going to put it away. No, hidden, I've read it. It's embedded in me. It will remind me when I get into situations. It will remind me when I get into temptations. 1 Corinthians 10 says this, that no temptation has ceased you except what is common to man. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can wear. These are the promises that God has given to us. These are the promises that God has given to us. So what do we do with all this? I've spoken a lot, spoken a lot about a lot of things. The Bible says in James... <clears throat> In James chapter, chapters 1, 
verses 22 to 25. And I'll end off here. James says this in his letter. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like looking into a mirror, walking away and forgetting what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect word that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for obeying it. So let us be people of the Word. Not just people who read it and are able to recite it, but are able to put it into practice. To continue to remind ourselves, that's the, the role of the Holy Spirit within us that lives now in us. And He will remind us of what the Word says. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for um, speaking to us all today. Thank you for reminding us. Thank you for your encouragement, Lord. Father, help us to honour you by obeying your word, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you do what only you do, Lord? As Jesus said, you are the one who will convict the world of sin. So Father, do this right now in Jesus' name. If you don't know who Jesus is, Jesus knows you. If you haven't made a personal commitment to Christ, where you are seated right now, Jesus says, I'm with you. He's right beside you. He's not standing up here. He's not standing at the back. He's sitting right beside you. Jesus is here. He promised he's here. There is no place that he is not. He's seated beside you. And he's whispering in your ears. He's touching your heart. He knows exactly. He knows precisely all that you are going through. Bible tells us that sin is what separates us from God. Holy God, righteous God, sinless God, perfect God. And what separates us from Him is our rebellion, our sin. But praise be to God, He took that upon Himself and paid the price for us so that we would no longer have to be separated from Him cry out to Him where you are. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are doing.
is nothing he cannot forgive. There is no one he cannot save. His arm is not too short that it cannot save, nor his ear too dull that he cannot hear. Thank you, Father, for all that you have done, what you are doing, what you will do. You are good. If we were to recount all your goodness, Lord, your mercies, your grace, they would certainly outnumber the grains of sand. So we thank you, Father. Accept our hearts. And we thank you for all that you've done this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.